<laughs> what we discussed last time was what happens when a person would like to enter into into what's called avodat Hashem, avodas Hashem. A person needs to work on his midas. Oh gosh, sorry, sorry, Zach. Is, is when gets, make yourself comfortable. You're in the back there. Just make yourself. What I personally find is if you kind of if you if you do the double hand, right hand, left hand, and then you just you can actually find yourself a very comfortable position, and and then occasionally what you have to do you have to swap ha- swap hands because one hand can tend to get numb. Um, if, you, if, if, you, if, you, if you really want to like excel in your sleeping style, I think Jonty's got a down pat. You just like you sit it's near the back, so you can just gently incline your head towards the bookshelf, and then you have enough relaxation in terms of your le- neck muscles to just doze into an ever so sweet slumber. <laughs> John, I mean, with all due respect, I, I think it hasn't really bothered you. Now, so we just start discussing, we're discussing a really, a really fascinating topic. Right? Really like, I'm sure you're interested in hearing, and I'm certainly sure that, that you, Riven, are. Yeah, it's, it's like, what is it? We all think that we all want to be better. Don't be mad. Yeah. Okay, good. And we all want to change. I don't know if you remember, but we did mention in the previous year that, if I'm not mistaken, that there are many people that who believe that Torah is about information. But you know what the irony is? Torah is not about information. Torah is about transformation. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's a big Hiddish, but that's really what it's all about. It's about not becoming someone who knows more, but becoming someone who does more, who behaves differently. And that's why the, the, the Bale Musa, they never used to say that the, the point isn't to become better. The point is to become different. Yeah, that's 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 stuck in the point to mm-hmm. become different. Now, why is the point to become different, not better? One would think it's to become better. It should it's to become better, a better person? No, it's not. Because what happens is we're all trapped in these like little paradigms. We call them conceptual cages. Where if we become better, all we do is we take the same old self who could be poised to point in the wrong direction of self-expression, and we just get better at what we're doing wrong. Let me explain that more clearly. Many people, you being one of them, Sabaznik, are <laughs> deeply misguided in their purpose in life. <laughs> and the reason is because it's very hard to know which direction a person should take. So what we do is we generally land up doing or going in the path of least resistance. Generally. Generally, I'm not, when I said Sapoznik, I wasn't using you, I was saying other Sapozniks. No, but this is, with, this, is, this is without yeshiva. I mean, this is without learning. Oh, that's so now that's, so that's the big Kiddush, that there are people, and I'm not saying you're one of them. But for example, I know, I know, I know, I'm not going to mention names. Is, <laughs> but, so what you, even, even there are people, even yeshiva, that this, desire to stay within my own comfort zone remains part and parcel of their being. In other words, even though ostensibly they say, well, I'm coming here and I'm affecting a change, but the change that we affect is a limited. 
Whereas a, a person that wants to truly change, you have to question if my area of direction is the right one or the wrong one. In the most fundamental way, you have to question everything about yourself. And that's extremely uncomfortable and confrontational. And therefore, if a person wants to start to develop himself in the direction of self-betterment, what steps should he take? What steps should he take? Um, so I, I would just like to commend my friend Yeshua on my right, who's, who's taken the first step. Um, only after mentioning once that I felt that to, to record verbatim a shir was a complete destruction of a person's capacity to hear truly what's being said, I just mentioned it as an aside, and immediately he took his entire advanced technological of sheer technological system of share taking and he swapped his pen which records writes and translates things directly into intravenously into his brain and he swapped it for a simple pen <laughs> not only did he swap it for a simple pen the simple pen has no paper to write on <laughs> it's truly amazing Yashar and now all you have to rely on in terms of recording the Torah that we share in the Shir is yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore in the level of self-betterment the Reb Chaim Vital starts and he says that a person has to start working on himself at a place which is the most practical and logical. So that gets more comfortable nudging himself into the corner. And the point of the point of that practicality, this could maybe act as a pillar. The point of <laughs> <laughs> practicality, throw that back, John, just in case we need to give him the pillar another stake for the game. So, the point of the practicality, what's actually what one of the important games in it's called the share coordination game to make sure that people are focusing at all times. You randomly throw the blackboard down at a given person at a given time in the share, and everyone has to be like constantly on guard. <laughs> so, in order to be able to build out that perception of self. Ooh. Interception. No, no, bad, bad return. Well, that's, that's advancement. That's part of the process, Avishalem. So what happens is that in order to develop yourself, you have to know the internal structure of who, a, what a person is made up with. And if you start to categorize the bad character traits, as we said previously, we could, we could really kind of put it together in four type of elements. <laughs> <laughs> And those four elements are going from the highest to the lowest. A person has to start, the, the highest part of a person, the highest part of a person, well done. The highest part of a person is what we call, just to get like better range, the highest part of the person is what we call Aish. Aish is the, is the fire. The next level down is Avir, which is air or Ruach. The next level down is Mayim, which is water, and the bottom level is Afar, which is dust or earth. And a person's character traits stem from one of those four fundamental elements. Those are the four elements as we discussed previously. Now, in line with those four elements, a person has to understand that those are the description in a symbolic sense of the different character traits that a person has. One of those character traits, let's say from based on, on Aish, is Gaiva, is pride, where a person holds himself high, because the nature of fire is to rise. It's, it's a middle which is high, and it's also combustible, and that's why anger comes from that same source, in the metaphorical sense. 
going one step lower which is wind which is air so in that in that in that in that the kirk over there is the kirk of dibur the ability of speech which a person produces air to give over speech it's quite interesting why there are a variety of different negative traits which are considered speech and the fact that even an element is a fascinating point going down one level is mayim which is water which is a source of all taiva all of all desire and as a result <laughs> of it being the source of all desire it allows a person to be able to express the luxuri- luxuriation of life and and because water what water does is it produces a so what water does what water does is water is 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 the element present in life which creates um, a sense of idyllic pleasure it produces the fruits which are which are tasty nourishment it, 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 it allows things to geschmack to come into being okay and then the final element is offer which is dust which is the element of the the lowliest element oh you can't it allows it allows a person allows a person to to that's the that's the element of of rootedness. So essentially, what happens is that each each part of a person's persona stems from one of those four, as it were, prototypes. So a person's anger and his and his pride stems from the fiery part of self. His abuse of speech comes from the abuse of the power of air of wind. The abuse of desire comes from water, and the abuse of utilizing your kirchas, in other words, the, the depression and sadness and laziness, those, those comes from dust. Now, they're also hierarchical. That means that the bottom one is the most basic. First of all, a person, if he wants to fix himself up, it actually goes in order. You first have to be metakam, what's called the yusoda offer. You first have to fix up the dust. Then you have to work on water. Then you have to work on air. And finally, you work on fire. You don't start with fire. If you start working on it, if a person initially starts to work on gaiva, it's way too ethereal to grasp. You first have to fix up the afar and the adama of the mensch before you can go one step further. So on, on, on the other side, so connected the negative of afar, so it's the ability to solidify and grow, stability. It's, it's, the, it's the grounding element. You with me? Um, okay, I don't want to go into all the other elements. Yes, Ronnie. Uh, you're saying that you need to work on like the lower ones before you can work on the higher ones. Uh, would it be fair to say that uh, very few people, if any, are uh, perfect in any of those areas, especially the lower ones? The reason I'm asking is because. I feel like someone could spend their whole life working on on their afar on their on the element of dust, and uh, not feel that they've worked. You know, 
advancements efficiently to go on to the next one. Right. So, so, so that means you're not really working on anything, right? Well, what's quite interesting is, and this is this is something which 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 is is quite shocking if you actually think about it in context. So you've got this little book called the Mrs. Shari. Mrs. Shari. It's a it's, it's a very small book. It's a very little book, and it's not even that thick. And in this book, he gives you a progression of how you can advance spiritually. And he lists 10 levels of advancement. He skips one, which is Torah, but then he goes Zahirut, Zrizut, Nekiut, Prishut, Tahara, Chasidut, Anova, Yirat, Chet, Kedusha. Okay? So you've got the first one, you just say Torah. Zahirus, Zrizus, Nikius, Precious. Tahara, Chasidus, Anova, Yiraschait, Kedusha. There's 10 levels. Good? So 10 levels to get to the top. So now you see how perhaps the goalposts have to change pretty radically when we think about self-perfection. When we think about self-perfection, Feldman, when we think about when we think about self-perfection, we often think about, well, we have to be a better person. But I'll, let's see where a person's holding at level three. There's ten levels. Where's a person at level three? Says the Ramchal, at level three, which is called Midat Hanakiyot. Midas Hanakiyot. Midas Hanikoyon. This is what the mid is. He describes it. He describes what it is. In other words, this is a real thing. This book wasn't written for theoretical. This book is is the 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 navigational guide to spiritual perfection. This book is looked upon as a practical guide. Now, when I read you the following line, you'll be shocked to even imagine that this could be mildly practical. Because look what he says, and this is level three. This is not the one of the highest levels. He says level three is mitzvah on the coin he. A person's being completely cleansed from every negative trait and from every sin. That's level three. So, of course, Ronnie's extremely expressive face allows us to understand that one second, but once, once you've got, once you're there, what more is there to do? You don't do any sins anymore and you don't have any bad middas. So what, what's level 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9? 10! So now you see how we have no perception of what type of playground we're playing in. We have no idea where the goalposts are. And the irony is that you think, well, what's the point of knowing where the goalposts are because we're so far away? The irony is knowing how far away you are is impetus to growth. If you think that you're on the cusp of reaching perfection, so then the level of growth that you can actually implement in your life is completely and totally diminished as opposed to if you feel that you're so desperately distant from where you should be so then you utilize every opportunity to advance yourself so knowing how far you have to go is a crucial ingredient in a person's growth even if you never ever get there Rav once said that if you aim for a utopia you will achieve a civilization but if you, if you aim for a civilization you will never achieve it you'll probably end up with anarchy you just so you should you should you should think that you're so far away rather than yes. Think, oh, I just have this much more to do. No, that would be terrible. Right. You have to realize that you are not even 
the grime between the toenails of those that came before you. So you, you're, it's like you, you, you have a you have a you have a hundred uh, push-ups to do, right? And you you only have you only have one. So it's easier to get to a hundred than just be like on ninety-eight. You only have two more to do. Like I feel like that's more of a motivation to push yourself that little bit more. Okay, that's a great point. In other words, practically speaking, if a person feels in terms of actually doing something, if you feel you've got very little to do, so often they can motivate you. If you feel there's an enormous amount to do, so then you give up. Good. So now we have to deal with a separate point, and that is dealing with despair. When a person says, I'm here, there's 98 steps to go, and I'm already absolutely exhausted, so then he gives up. So you have to know how to deal with despair. But assuming we could find a recipe which will solve the problem of despair, so therefore it's much more indicative of reality when a person perceives where he is, because then he has a perspective of where he needs to get to. In terms of long-range planning, in terms of seeing himself in the correct light, and in terms of judging where he should be and where he is, so it's much more informative to be in the know than to be in self-delusionary state. Good. Gentlemen, is that worth a pshh? Yeah, that, no, <laughs> that, that, that's a pshh. No, I, th- I think <laughs> this, this principle, this principle is like, it's a fundamental principle. It's, it's, it's knowing, again, because now you see, now you see where Emuna comes in. It, people are mistakenly, um, are under the mistaken premise that Emuna is some type of relationship that you have to the Creator. People don't understand that the most fundamental point of emuna is emuna in self. You have to believe in yourself. And just like the belief in, Hashem, belief in Hashem is the knowledge that there's something supernatural behind the natural, the belief in self is that there's something supernatural behind me. That there's something inside of me that can absolutely extend beyond the normal parameters of human existence. And there's a source in Asik's parasha for this point. Before the Jews going to the sea it says and if Tzadok HaKoyim says just like a person needs to have emunah in Hashem he has to have emunah in Moshe Moshe meaning there has to be emunah in self that if a person doesn't realize if a person has no awareness of his unbridled potential so then you can never achieve anything in life because you can't if the, you read the Ramchal and he says that at level 3 you have to be cleansed of any midarah and you look at your present being and you say that's impossible and you give up hope so that hope is a denial of emuna. so denial that why, why not? why can't you be? don't you know Natan that you possess with inside of you that you possess a holy neshama so you say no not really I don't feel that that's not part of my experience of my life that's not how I identify myself one of the most fundamental steps in Avodah Hashem if you've never met your Neshama you've never touched Torah and you've never touched God and if you're realistic 100% you have to know your limitations I'm not arguing with that everyone will be up in the air thinking they are God which could be problematic there are enough people who think they are God already you're 100% right but on the other hand on the other hand you have to realize that we, we, we one of our deepest problems is we are we have no emunah. We don't believe, we don't experience that we have a neshama inside of ourselves. We don't think that we've got a godly part to our being. It's not that easy to feel. A hundred percent. It's not that easy to feel. And because of that, we, because we don't feel it, we don't believe it. 
even though we know it. Intellectually, we, we intellectually we'll, we'll answer the, the answers right on the test. Same thing with Hashem. There's no difference between belief in Hashem and belief in myself. Do you understand that? Does anyone understand that? Well, Hello? There's an integral link between belief in yourself and belief in Hashem. Because if you believe that you have a neshama, and you feel that neshama, that neshama is like part of Hashem, so then you'd be aware of Hashem as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can't believe with one without the other. You can't. If you believe in Hashem, you believe in your, in your neshama, in the, in the Hashem in you, Rani. And if you believe in the Hashem in you, you'll believe in Hashem outside of you. Adam, any comments on that last point? I've got a question on that point. Okay, just, I just did briefly, before you do that, I just want to somehow <laughs> just kind of um, herd in the flocks, mentally speaking. Um, Hendler, how's that going? Good. It's impressive. Now, I think this is a very important point. You know, the, po- the point point that people don't place enough emphasis. That people think that the end point, Ross, is turn mitzvahs. This is the end point. Turn mitzvahs is the beginning. <laughs> Even for yekas. Sorry, was that a controversial statement? Even. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole, it's whole philosophy. Um, <laughs> we can explain that another time. It will take a whole share to explain what a yekas is. Hey? Yekasher. Uh, Bekasher. The Bekasher is a long coat. Oh, that's very good. That's excellent. People, the Chassidish were long coats. That's excellent, Gary. The point, the point, and it's explicit in Mr. Shrine, the point of Tren Mitzvahs is only a means to an end. There's no end in Mitzvahs themselves. Mitzvahs are a vehicle which bring towards closeness to Hashem. The goal is closest to Hashem. Mitzvahs are only a means to that end. So a person that keeps everything literally, he knows Shulchan Aruch backwards and forwards. He never errs one millimeter from the strict halacha. He can be devoid of Judaism. Completely. Because there's a point to all that. It has to bring him to an experiential awareness of the Creator in the entirety of his life. Does that sound controversial? Does that, does that sound controversial? Because what I'm going to do is to avoid the controversy. I'm going to just step out of the shirim for a moment, and I'm going to produce a shulchan aruch. A shulchan aruch. Do you all accept the shulchan aruch as an authority? Okay, just wait briefly. What's inside that it's even more chumra? This is Shulchan Aruch. Let's go to the Shulchan Aruch. And let's go to the Shulchan Aruch and let's begin in the very, very, very beginning of the Shulchan Aruch. Because that's possibly where this idea should be stated. If the idea of the all of the mitzvahs is to bring to an awareness of the fact that an experiential, a tangible living with the Creator until you do not feel that you have been rent asunder from Him for even one millisecond that should be vocalized in the Shulchan Aruch, correct? Says the Heli Geramal Shivisi Hashem first simon in Shulchan Aruch first Seif in Shulchan Aruch. Shivisi Hashem Nenegdi Samit. 
I should place Hashem in front of me always. This is a principle which runs throughout anyone that wants to walk in front of Hashem. And then he goes on to say, when a person is in front of Hashem, he behaves differently. And therefore, as a result, he begins the Shulchan Aruch. That's, that's the first that's the first thing the Shulchan Aruch says. You understand that this entire work is to get you to one place. It's to get you to Shavisi Hashem the Negdi Samid. I should always be in the presence of Hashem. That's what every mitzvah is and that's why the mitzvahs are referred to as Eitzes by the Zara Kaddish Itin Tarek Itin They're ways of getting their closeness. They're not the thing in themselves. A person can wrap tefillin and you can have the blackest of black filling without a fleck of white. They can be squarer than a yakka and still <laughs> you know yakka is it's like become a very no gay they can be square than a yakka and still he cannot get anywhere from them because it's not shot that you have to put on filling you have to put on filling they have to get you somewhere the mitzvahs are a vehicle <coughs> says the ramchal in the words of ramchal the ramchal says the mitzvahs are a vehicle they're the means of transporting you to someone else somewhere else Word for word, Dr. Eidika Ramchal in the first chapter of Mr. Shoshayim. As he says, the high end, he says, he says the tachlis of the world is to get closeness and to luxuriate in the last of Hashem's Shechina, Dveikus. How'd you get there? And the means. The means to get to that end. Those are the mitzvahs. The mitzvahs are mean to an, means to an end. They're not the end. They're there to get you somewhere else. And do you know how many people there are that think the mitzvahs are the end? They feel they, they keep the mitzvahs properly, then they've arrived? No! Then they've begun! That's not the destination. That's the point of departure! Until you... Someone says, kind of accuracy in source okay, presentation. On the contrary, on the contrary, it's, uh, the, 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 the question you've brought is, is a proof to the point. It says that the Avos kept the whole Torah. Avram Avinu even kept Eruvei Tchumin, which is a Dindar Eruvei Chatzeros, Eruvei Tchumin, Eruvei Bekitza. Ah, great Kasha. Hey? Why not? What do you think she sang the soldiers into war? Good. I just, what you mean when she sang a song? You say, well, Miriam, when Miriam sang a song? Do you think she sang? Separate. Okay, Thank you. Uh, on the contrary, the fact that the. Why didn't you say that Avram Avinu was close to Hashem? Why did it have to be that the always kept the mitzvahs? Because you couldn't have their closeness unless you had the mitzvahs accompanying them. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? 
I've never heard that before. Okay, so when you find that source, I've what I've, the Ramban says, the Ramban says the reason why Yaakov Avinu married two sisters because he wasn't married to Israel. So, so clearly it wasn't the Ramban that says it, right? Aha! So we've lived out the Ramban. So now we have the Ramban. Where the Ramban's there? Thank you. Good. Fantastic. Marvelous. So the problem is that when you enter into mitzvahs and your mitzvahs disconnect you from Hashem. What happens then? When your mitzvahs actually... And, and that's actually quite a common experience. Well, there's a common experience amongst Baalei Tshuva and people who have a connection to Hashem, as it were, prior to their involvement, involvement in mitzvahs. That you feel a natural connection and all of a sudden you have to do this and you have to do this and you become obsessive compulsive about everything in your life. Yeah. And then you think, uh, do, do, you, do you have it? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm from people who I know who have... Done that. You've seen it happen. Exactly. And you see that instead of people like, instead of mitzvahs <laughs> enriching your connection, they actually destroy your connection. And then this person who was like, before this like happy, normal, happy-go-lucky guy who loved Hashem and he was proud of his life, all of a sudden becomes like this morose, robotic individual. And he says, don't talk to me now, it may be Sophic Loshon Hora. How do you know? Ooh! Etc. Do you understand? <laughs> so that's a problem. Right now we've run out of time. So we'll... Oh, nice one. So uh, we'll stop right there.